You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Welcome back to the Quarter Life Crisis. I'm Soraya. I'm Daryl. And... I'm Andrew. And today I think, Andrew, you're going to share something with us I think neither of us has ever been through. And I think we we have a lot to learn from your story. So what's the context? <laughs> right. Okay, so Andrew, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Andrew. I, I'm a software engineer. I own a business that actually provides software services. Mm. I'm also a chief operations officer. And I recently came back to Malaysia after 11 years abroad where quite a lot of things happened. I mean, that's fine. I guess like the premise of this episode, you know, is starting over at age 30. Mm. Because I think for a lot of people, they feel like, okay, by the time I'm 30, I want to tick all these boxes and I want to kind of right. know. Yeah, I was, I was that guy, yeah. But then it all, you know, everything changed. Yep. And so I guess we want to hear the story of how, you know, you built that life in the UK and, you know, you you lived there for 11 years. Obviously, yep. those are very formative years. I yeah. suppose so, yeah. Could you maybe start by telling us about the life that you built for yourself? So initially, I went there when I was, I think, 19. Well, I was in my university. I studied maths there, actually. I was there for three years studying. And then I just got a job. In UK, right? In England, yeah. And then I I got a job after that, which made me stay for another seven. But I also met someone who I uh, almost married, actually. Stress almost. I didn't get married to her in the end. And I came back after that. But actually, the reason I came back, probably started about five years ago. My dad passed away in 2016. And before that, I was always kind of like the guy who had a plan for everything, right? You know, mm. like you, you go to school, you get good results, and you go to a good university, you get a good job, and after you get a good job, you, you meet somebody who you like, and then right. you get married, and right. then you have kids, and you have a house, and then you buy a bigger house, right. you were, bigger car. Like you said, you were making those plans. I was, past tense. Uh, and then, yeah, it kind of came crashing down when my dad passed away, mm. because I started to reevaluate what was important to me, basically. There were certain things that place high value on, because of the the environment that you're in, the people that influence you. I think most people are very similar and they get on the treadmill in life, right? And then they kind of just go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Some people never get off, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. the treadmill is good. Some people get off because they want to. Some people stumble off because something happens to them. And I think I was in the third category. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's such a life-changing thing though for that to happen. But I, I, I am wondering, you know, you could have come back to sort out matters here after your dad passed. I did actually. It was quite weird. I was here when it when he passed away. I was here for a visit when he passed away. Yeah, that's how I don't know spooky it was. Like, I'm not I'm not generally a man who believes in like destiny or fate, but like the way it kind of happened sort of shocked me a little bit. So I was back visiting. I only come back yeah. for contacts. So I only come back twice a year because of the distance, obviously, and I can't really get that much time off work. I mean, but that's pretty often. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. Well, actually, yes, my old job did give a lot of perks actually and, yeah, okay. uh, you were able to accumulate holidays and like just sort of use them in like blocks mm. so I was quite lucky in that sense mm -hmm. so twice a year yes you're right in the grand scheme of things it's quite it's more than most people yeah yeah so I was back visiting and kind of like my dad passed away very suddenly he fell down when he was I think he was working he was a professor in, in a university right kind of just escalated from there the first oh, so it's just any other 
regular vacation. It was just any other regular vacation. Yeah, it okay. wasn't like so... I, I wasn't planning for something to happen. And mm. yeah, no, it was it was just a vacation, although a stressful vacation where you visit the family. So I wouldn't know if you call it a vacation. Or not. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, yeah for all intents and purposes, it was a random occurrence. Mm. And yeah, so when it happened, kind of shocked the system a little bit. But at the same time, I was also going through like lots of emotions and stuff like. I knew I had to go back to work. So I did get like my compassionate leave for, mm-hmm. I think it was another two weeks. And then I went back as though like nothing happened because I think, I would say I never really got over it. But at the time I felt like, oh yeah, I've processed the grief and everything, right? But then obviously in hindsight, you, you look back and you think actually, no, you never really get over like these yeah. kind right, of losses, yeah. right? You yeah. just, they just kind of stay with you, you learn to like live with them. Yeah, I found that out later on. Uh, at the time, it was like, well, okay, this happened. Two weeks is all I need to process it. I need to go back and have a normal. Everyone, this happens to everybody, right? So why am I different? Mm-hmm. So um, the plan was actually to, to you know, process all this, get this over and done with, and then go back to, to England and, you know, have everything as it used to be. Yeah, as it, yeah, as it used to be is a good way of putting it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you soon learn that when something like this happens, nothing is really as it used to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you threw yourself back into work. I did, yeah. Routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. routine that's a very good word. Yeah, that's what I did. I threw myself back into routine, threw myself back into work, thinking that that would be fine. Everything would be fine after that. And then I came back to visit six months later. And then that's when it kind of like hit me. I was like, wow, okay, my dad's not here anymore. Things have really changed here. My mom's alone. And I wanted to be closer to my family. Mm. Um, I'd been in England for about, I think it was seven years by then, seven mm-hmm. or eight years. I'd been living with my girlfriend at the time mm. for like maybe a year, a year and a mm. half or something. And yeah, we're pretty serious. We're engaged and everything. And then, yeah, I kind of wanted to move back and. I think the problem was she was like my first kind of like serious relationship. We never really talked about stuff like this, about like what's going to happen if I want to move back or like I'm kind of a foreigner. So what's going to happen if a foreigner leaves, you know, are you going to follow me or are you going to stay here? Mm. Can things work out? Yeah, those those are like serious questions that I just never kind of asked. We never really talked about that. So that's kind of when I had the chat with her about wanting to move back and stuff. And then, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the beginning of the end really looking back now. You know, you kick the can down the road when you're arguing with someone who's like your close partner. Mm. Like you kind of try everything you can to like keep it going when in reality, you're just delaying the inevitable, right? Just kicking the can down the road. That's what I did for about 18 months, possibly even two years actually thinking about it. But yeah, so eventually when I did break it off, it had been a full two years, I think after I broke it, after my dad passed away. Yeah, so that was end of 2018. Mm. And then yeah, so 2019 was when I quit my job. And I decided I was definitely going to come back here because there wasn't really anything left for me there. Yeah, right. Um, there was a career, but that was just it. Like, I don't really like the phrase, blood is thicker than water, but that's probably not a good mm-hmm. phrase to use in this, this circumstance. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was very close to my family, very close to my friends here and not having them around when I needed them to be was quite difficult. Right. Uh, then I traveled for eight months around Europe and then I came back at the end of 2019. But like, what I'm curious about is like, you know, at what point, I know your father's demise was a major impact in, in your life. And and in what point did you realize, okay, probably staying here in England wouldn't work out? Mm, that's a good question, That's like actually. an ultimatum already. So, I mean, like, what made you come to that point? Because, you know, you've established a career, established a relationship. A potential future. A potential future family. in England yeah. and, and things like that. And then at what point did you like, mm, ah, I've got to change all my plans and, you know, I really want to. Was it just that void you mentioned coming home on that subsequent visit and realizing that you, whoa, my dad's not here? Was it that or was this, were there other additional factors? That's a good question, actually. I don't really have an answer to that. It kind of just sort of void obviously contributed. The fact that, like, you know, if someone's not there anymore who you care about and you realize you've spent most of your life away from your family, that's quite important to me as well. Um, the fact that my friends who grew up are still here, my family's here, those 
might not be important things to some people, but at the time, I really felt like it was important to me. Okay. I think that was a major pull. Also, the fact that, yeah, I was there for a long time, but I didn't really feel as though that could be my natural home, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't really have an answer to that, to be honest. Like, I don't know when it exactly happened, but I think it's just like a small little series of things mm. kind of all came together at the same point in time. So I guess the, the truth is I was probably thinking that I would move back even before my dad passed away. Okay. Except huh. the fact was, oh, okay. the, the fact was, like I said, when you're on the treadmill, you end up just going along with things, right? And you right, think, yeah. okay, you know, maybe if I thought I would go back in one year, maybe it'll be three years now. Mm. You know, if I thought it was going to be in three years, maybe it'll be five years now. You know, if I thought it was going to be 10 years, maybe I have kids and like they'll be 18 before I go back and stuff, right? So that mm. that was pretty much how I think it kind of sort of uh, came together for me. I mean, how yeah. are you How are you now? How are you doing now? It's been five years, right? Yeah, just under five actually. Mm. It was November in 2016. So I would say I'm learning to live with it now. Uh, it's, it happened so long ago now that like you do you do learn to live with these things, but it never really kind of goes away. Mm. You just learn to deal with it. It's not like you can like snap your fingers and then everything goes. Um, at this point, do you think you know life would have been any different if you actually went back to England? Yeah, like if you had uh, I mean, gone back and stayed there. I mean, yeah, how... I mean, yeah, your life would be so different, right? Hmm, <clears throat> that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, there's certain things that were good. There's certain things there that mm. you know I can I can't imagine like staying would be a good idea. So really, I guess it just depends on how like. Perspective. Yeah, perspective, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. For better or worse. Yeah, I just kind of want to... Like, I think we skimmed over your relationship status a little bit. But mm. yeah, you could have been married and have a family now. I mean, how do you deal with the what-ifs when it comes to that? You know, were you like, ah, can I have kids? Okay lah, if not, never mind lah. You know, or were you really hoping to, you know... Build a future. Mm. Yeah, so okay. So I have a good friend. He jokes a lot about like me... Um, he calls me the numbers guy. So it's like... He studied maths, he's a software yeah. engineer. Mm, well, not like not even that. <laughs> not, not even just like what I study, but just in terms of like how I evaluate things, how I go about life. Ah. In terms of the fact that I have plans, mm. I want to do so-and-so by whatever age, I need to accomplish so-and-so, I need to have met somebody by so-and-so. And yeah, once my dad passed away, then that was kind of like when I realized, wow, you can't really plan in life. I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you can, but... Even the best laid plans can go to pieces, right? Mm. Right. There is no formula. You can't apply a mathematical formula, a numerical formula <laughs> to life. Oh my God, I'm going to stop sounding like an Instagram quote page. Anyway, back to you, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought there was an equation. <laughs> I thought it was a function, but yes. there's, yeah, it turns out that you are right, oh unfortunately. God. Instagram wins again. Fun- <laughs> function, oh my God. Is that DYDX? That's the oh difference. Oh, yeah, different- differentiation. You know, I should know that. Oh, that's right, Mr. Engineer. Yeah. <laughs> Sound engineer? Uh, no. <laughs> no I, I'm an engineer, I'm a software engineer. I'm so. a graduate mechanical engineer oh. Oh, wow. with a major in automotive engineering. So technically, I'm supposed to have enough knowledge to build a car. But which... <laughs> you all know what happened to engineering degree. From build, building cars to building a podcast only. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> this is way better anyway, right? It was yeah, way better, way, 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 way better. <laughs> but I guess, you know, now those plans have changed. Mm-hmm. You're back here. Mm-hmm. How have you rebuilt your life? I'm, I'm assuming you're still the numbers guy. Uh, do you still have, you know, fixed hard plans in, in which you, you plan to achieve? Or you're, you're you know, it's like, no, I'm just going to enjoy the process. I'm going to let it flow. Okay, so funny story, right? So before I came back, I kind of took a chill pill when I was away. Mm. Like I quit my job because obviously I wanted to move back. Right. I was in that job for seven years, so that's another story as well. And I just went traveling for a bit. So I, I kind of tried to train myself to be less of a numbers guy and less of a planner and just be more spontaneous. So I was yeah. I was traveling a lot. Um, I was meeting new people. I was doing things I never did before. Uh, I did it for about eight months. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was for me like super out of the blue. That's not something I would ever do. Otherwise, but I thought at the time it was like, 
you know, I'd broken off with my ex. I quit my job. I know I was going to come back at some point. And it just felt like kind of like the right thing to do just to, I, I don't want to say I was trying to find myself or whatever. I was just trying to have fun basically. And yeah, I did enjoy the process and it did make me change from being like a planner to being someone who's more spontaneous. But when I came back, I kind of put myself into this position where like, wow, what am I going to do now? You know, things are so different than what, what it was when I left. Yeah. You know, suddenly I'm living at home again. Mm. Um, so yeah, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I do best, right? Which is go back to being the numbers guy. <laughs> mm. So I learned everything that I learned over the last like eight or nine months, I would say. Yeah, so I rushed into a job. I rushed into like random life decisions that probably turned out for the worse. Oh, like what? Um, <laughs> That's another story as well, actually. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, wow. This is yeah. such a multi-layered episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, you know, kind of like retreated back into what I was doing best, which is becoming this numbers guy. And I think what was worse was obviously COVID and MCO, being stuck at home, not being able to do stuff as well. You kind of like, just kind of retreated into my own shell a little bit. Um, and I was working long hours. I was doing a lot of things that numbers guys do. I don't even know. But I just, I, <laughs> I, I, I think the fact that I wasn't able to go out and express myself, which is yeah. like what I kind of like to do sometimes. When I say express myself, I mean just like go out and meet my friends and chat with them, right? Okay, I wasn't um, sure what you meant. I was like, stand in the street, like paint yourself a certain color and just like stand in the mm, wave. That, that could still happen maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not ruling anything out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like um, getting back to, you know, you rebuilding yourself back in, in Malaysia. Where are you at right now? I mean, like, do you feel very content? Or are you still the kind of numbers guy? Or you, or what is it like right now, you know? So, I mean, in some cases, it helps to be the numbers guy, but I'm trying not to be the numbers guy all the time. The truth is, I'm still adjusting. I think when you're abroad, even if you're abroad for like just one or two years, right, and you mm. come back anywhere, you there's a period of adjustment. And it's just like very similar to grief for me. It's kind of like, it can take some people a few days. It can take some people a few weeks months and yeah I don't know for me it's been one almost one and a half years now I think I'm still adjusting I'm better at some things than others what they are I don't really know but I, I know that I, I know I'm more comfortable in certain areas than I am in others mm. uh, for instance like having to live back with my family again after so long away that's that was quite a shock to the system Yeah, yeah. and I kind of told myself that it would kind of like be completely okay and actually it's difficult yeah but right now you're doing your own your your own stuff and i'm assuming that's a good thing right yeah yes and no i guess so it's different than working for people because you have to do everything like the buck stops with you really like mm -hmm. when you're working for somebody else there's always right yeah like you have dick, more resources yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly you have more well yeah the, the people above you have more resources and you have more people to like pass work around if you don't want to do anything mm which is what quite a lot of people do. Um, and when you're working for yourself mm. and your business relies on how well or how good you are doing. It's your bread and butter. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So if something doesn't work, you have to take responsibility for it. If something is not delivered on time, you have to take responsibility for it. Uh, I, I would say it's good in that sense, but it's also more, for me, it's a bit more challenging. Uh, but it's what I want to do. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to do what you want to do in life, right? Otherwise, you know, you only live once and all that. I was just thinking about this this whole thing about, you know, you having to to rebuild your, your life and you're about what, 30, right? 30? 32. 30, you know, being 32 and having to start fresh again. Do you look to it as something positive or do you look to it as like, hmm. Do you have any regrets? Any regrets? I wouldn't say, like, I try to live life without regrets. So there's some things you do that you look back and think, I should have done something different. Mm. I should have acted differently in certain cases. And come on, that's the same with everybody, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of things that happen in life that are not your fault sometimes. And when they do happen, like, you just have to accept sometimes that things are just the way they are. Mm. And I think that's quite key to being able to, like, I don't know, first of all, move on. Secondly, to rebuild, like you were talking about. I think people rebuild every time without knowing it. 
So I think it's quite... Wow, actually, that's a very nice way to look at things. Yeah, I mean, it's just the scale for me was a lot bigger than maybe some Correct. somebody else. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, come on, when you move jobs, right? You're that's rebuilding. A, that's a kind rebuilding. of rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you're getting married. When you're moving out. Yeah, when you're moving out, yeah. yeah. When you look at it, like everybody does rebuild at all stages of life. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's a good or bad thing. It's just a fact of life, I would say. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoy the process. Although some days I wake up and think like, what the hell have you just done, right? <laughs> um, but other days I'm just like, well, this is, yeah, this is completely different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm. But you just got to embrace it, right? But the thing is, like, I know you say that we're all rebuilding in certain ways, mm-hmm. but some people are really afraid of change. I think most people are afraid of change. I was yes. afraid of change as well. Right. So yeah. I guess in your case, a you know, a cataclysmic event happened to you. And that's why you broke out of that treadmill run. But for a lot of people who may not realize they're running on the treadmill, the thought of even moving home, especially I think a lot of Malaysians aspire to move to the UK and make their life there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like the general idea is moving to Europe is always, you know, it's always greener the, on the other the side, The dream, right? the greener pastures yeah, yeah. are in, the, in so, Europe, yeah. And like now you hear an opinion which is, you know, it's like the comfort of home triumphs what you think is better on the other side. Mm-hmm. So that I think... So many people perceive to be... Yeah, because I think I admit I was, I'm guilty of that. Uh, not am, maybe it was. I was guilty of that. I used to think, you know, a move to a country where, you know, things, where, where you have better opportunities. Sometimes your perception of opportunities are very different from what, what opportunities actually mean, right? You know, for example, my dream has always been to work in Spain. I don't know why Spain, but Spain. <laughs> but then again, you Hablo know, Espanol. Yeah, I mean like Spanish, right? It's cool. I mean, aside from the fact that it's a pretty country, aside from the fact that Spanish is cool, aside from the fact that Spanish girls are pretty. His words, not mine. What else? <laughs> you know, what else? I really don't know. I used to think white people were, were everything, you know, mm. they, they were great at everything. But at the end of the day, greatness is a perception, you know? Mm. And I mean, like we said also in the last episode, um, you would only feel successful if you had moved to you had moved to the to Europe, right? And correct, found yes. a job there and built a life there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think for a lot of people that is still the definition of success, right? So the question is, what would you say then to someone who maybe might have to make take a big leap, but they're you know they're afraid of the consequences they might have to face? I wouldn't say people are afraid of consequences. I think most people are afraid of failure. And I was, I was one of them as well. Like, I was afraid that like, you know, I would do certain things. I mean, it's, it's quite difficult because we're brought up in a culture where like failure is bad, right? I don't know, if you do badly in school, that's a failure. If you, I don't know, fail in a relationship, that's a failure. If you, mm. I don't know, if you so much as fry an egg wrongly, that's a failure as well, right? Yeah, so we, we're brought up in that kind of culture which reinforces like these negative stereotypes and the fact is like everybody fails every day I don't want to be the the next guy to say this but it's true like all of us fail at certain things all the time and if you accept that that's the case it's much easier to deal with when it actually happens I'm not saying like you know let's go out and just accept that like we're all going to be failures in life but if you accept that failure is a fact of life I think that makes it it easier precisely yeah yeah I think it makes it easier when it does happen and you are able to get over it and become possibly successful as we were talking about earlier whether it's you by your standards or by how other people define you as successful so what are your hopes for your future do you think you'll go back to the uk someday the answer is i don't know i mean if you asked me a year ago i'd probably say no if you ask me two years from now I'll probably give you a different answer like i mean never say never in life right i never i don't really know what's going to so, happen in the next but it's a possibility lah. i mean everything is a possibility i, I don't want to sort of like right, so okay. if, if i was the numbers guy now and say like oh, okay look i want to build my life here and everything has to be geared towards building my life here then it would be a flat no but you, you can't rule these things out because you just never know 
And that, I think that's the most important thing that I've learned over the last maybe three or four years wow. since since all this happened. It's just like, you don't really know what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So as long as you are aware of that, then you're able to live your life with something hovering over you, telling you that this is the right thing to do. Okay. So and so. No. I, I keep telling myself I never want to end up like how my parents raised me because it was just like, not that it was bad or anything, but it's just like, oh, I've got to raise my kids. If I do have kids. It'll be yeah, different. Yeah, it'll be different. It'll be yeah, I'll just be so different from my parents. And then you watch the years roll by and you actually become more and more like your mom. You actually become more and more like your dad. You <laughs> Reminded think, like, me of your stories, Raya, when you talk about, you know, your gardening habits. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and, and how we are turning into our parents. Like I turned into my mom. Yeah. yeah. In terms yeah. of liking plants and gardening when I never used to enjoy that. So and, uh, yeah, if you ask yourself te- like five years ago, would you do gardening like your mom yeah. does? Hell like, no. no right? Absolutely yeah. not, right? I guess the bottom line is life is truly unpredictable, right? Yeah. And it, I think the fact that you say, you know, if you categorically say that, no, this is not going to happen. I mean, even you might prove yourself wrong, right? You you truly, truly, truly can't predict. Exactly. Mm. Conclusion, yeah. life is unexpected. <laughs> life is unexpected, yeah, absolutely. But uh, with that said, uh, if you really did enjoy our intros and outro music, um, you can always thank our... Maestro who has done it you know for the past well, probably about 10 episodes mm-hmm. uh, Nidusma's music you can always check him out on Instagram at N-I-D-U-S-M-A-S-M-U-S-I-C if you're wondering what Nidusma's is it's Samsudin backwards music so that's our episode for today my name is Daryl I'm Soraya I'm Andrew thank you so much again Andrew for joining us and sharing your story no, you're welcome